Hey, podcast listener. Are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. Hey ladies, today I want to talk to you about self-doubt and how to turn it into confidence. This is an important topic that I wanted to cover because I see it running as an undercurrent through so many of the women I know and every last one of my female clients. In this episode today, I start with a few stories from my own life and talk about where and how I think self-doubt crept into my own life, in spite of being a rather accomplished woman. Then I share what it looks like and how it manifests in my clients' businesses. And I end with giving you five tools for how to flip the self-doubt script into a script that supports your confidence. One thing to note is that confidence doesn't come from sitting on the couch and sitting at your desk. It comes from getting out and doing. Maybe the very best of you can mind trick yourself into having loads of confidence. But for the rest of us mortals, it comes from screwing up, making mistakes, and then learning that you know how to handle whatever gets tossed your way. All right, ladies, enjoy, and I'll see you on the other side of the intro. Welcome to the She Thinks Big podcast, where you'll hear from women entrepreneurs who are doing good in the world, from spark to screw up to success. Thinking big is in their core. It's in yours and it's in mine. I've traveled to 50 countries and seven continents, done an Ironman, and co-founded a company that has generated millions of dollars for sustainability. My name is Geraldine Carter, and I'm delighted to share with you conversations and coaching with amazing women. Time to get inspired and grow your impact. I would have made a terrible sheep. When I was in grade school, I came home one day so excited after having just found out about this faraway place called Australia in my Be A Better Reader. And I ran to my mom and I was like, mom, 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 I want to go be an exchange student in Australia. And she was like, yeah, that sounds amazing. And I ran to my dad and I was like, dad, dad, I want to go be an exchange student in Australia. And he's like, you're on crack, sweetheart. There's no way you're going to Australia to be an exchange student. You're 10. And you could chalk that up to good parent judgment, except that at a similar age, my brother got to go abroad for a period of time. So the message was clear, right? Boys can do it and girls can't. Fast forward a bunch of years to college and I was in engineering school and there were 18% women. And in all of the engineering buildings on five floors in each building, there was only ever one bathroom for the women. Now, you want to be careful not to overinterpret and make meaning where it doesn't belong. But it would be really difficult to interpret that women were welcome with open arms in the engineering program. And this was like the mid-90s, right? Not that long ago. There was still a lot of resistance toward women in the engineering program. And there were even reports of professors who were openly hostile and said things like, women don't belong here and women have no business being engineers, right? And that was kind of the old guard, but it still existed, right, in the late 90s. So 
the message was clear. Men can do it. Women shouldn't. So fast forward a few more years. And if you haven't heard me tell stories about the most amazing job ever that I had in my 20s, being a guide and leading adventure travel trips all around the world, then I'll just tell you that I was a guide and I led adventure travel trips all around the world for about eight years. I lived out of a rolling duffel with no address. And in between trips, I'd be in some faraway place with a chunk of time off, and I'd go to the fleet of bikes, and I would grab one, and I would take it for a tour. And as a woman alone, I was a point of curiosity, right? I wasn't a threat to anyone. So all around the world, no matter where I went, the conversation followed a super predictable pattern. And it went like this. Where are you going? And I'd tell him where I was going, be it like Mendocino, or I'm on my way to Cambodia, or I'm going down to Torres del Paine. They'd look around, and then they'd ask, who are you with? And I'd say, no one, just me. And they'd look a little bit puzzled. And then they'd go, well, what if something goes wrong? And I'm like, well, I'll handle it. And then they'd ask, aren't you scared? And I'd be like, no, I'm good. And then they'd say, you're brave. And I always found that really interesting because part of me would take it as a compliment in a way that would inflate my ego and be like, yeah, I am brave. And then there was also this part of me that was like, really? Like, I'm just out here on bicycle. People ride bikes all the time every day. There's a bunch of other locals out here on bicycles. You know, you're not worried about them. What makes me so much more at risk? But then there's this other undercurrent that when I heard this voice time after time after time after time, made me start to wonder, is this really a good idea? Should I be out here on my own? Is there danger lurking around the corner? Is there something that I don't know that everybody else does? And I'm like the last one to the party here? What if I really am being stupid? What if this really is a bad idea? And I can't point to any single one of these interactions, right? From the double standard of boys can do this, but girls can't. From all the tiny infractions of being in engineering school, where it's predominantly men. From being out on the road, being a woman by herself out in the world. No single infraction was ever the one that made me doubt myself. But it's this series of ongoing, continuous questions that over time began to chip away at my own confidence. And I tell you all of this because I know that it happens to me, and I know that it happens to you, because I see it across my clients who are also intelligent, capable, go-getting women who are making awesome stuff happen in the world, who are pushing the envelope in their fields, and at least outwardly are not falling prey to any of the stories that we hear about what we can't do. Self-doubt is a problem, and it's showing up in your businesses. It looks like being paralyzed. It looks like only being able to get the basics done, the bare minimum. There's no growth, just flatlined. Even when you know there's a ton of potential, there's a ton of upside that you can see, but for whatever reason, you just cannot seem to create it. You're stuck doing the bare minimum to get by. It looks like undercharging, doubting your value, doubting that people will pay you for it, worried that they'll say bad things about you. I would say that two thirds of my clients when they start with me need to raise their rates and not just buy five bucks an hour, but like significantly raise their rates. It looks like trying to do too much to prove your worth right? As a way of compensating. Like if I can just do all of this, that must mean that I'm okay. So it looks like being too busy. It looks like running in too many directions. It looks like wearing a superhero cape. It looks like being stuck in indecision because what if you make a mistake? What if this is the wrong path? What if I make the wrong choice and waste a bunch of money or time? It looks like having a hard time trusting yourself. The nature of being an entrepreneur and a business owner is that you have to go forward in the face of not knowing all the answers. There are a lot of decisions that you make every day that aren't black and white. They're not 100% to zero. They're like 60-40 or 55-45. The answer isn't super clear, but you've got to move forward anyways and trust that you can handle whatever shows up next. When my clients are doubting themselves, they find it really difficult 
to trust that they can handle whatever shows up next. And underneath all this, in spite of your most awesome game face, because a lot of you have really great game faces, right? Like we know how to cope. We know how to make it look like we've got our stuff together and that our ducks are all in a row. But underneath it, that self-doubt keeps you from putting yourself out there. It keeps you from really stepping forward and saying, hey, I've got something important to share. I have something that's worthwhile. And here's how I think it could benefit you. So what I want you to have are tools in your toolbox for handling self-doubt when it rears its ugly head, because no doubt it's going to keep on rearing its ugly head, right? Until we practice, 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 and that voice starts to diminish over time. In an upcoming episode, I'm going to talk more about unintentional thoughts. I've mentioned in a few episodes that your thoughts inform your feelings, which inform your choices. And I'm going to spend a good bit more time on that in a single episode. So stay tuned. In the meantime, if we can assume that we're all on the same page here, that we have unintentional thoughts, then Tool number one is to reframe your thoughts. So I have a few example thoughts here just to give you a feel for this. And in a worrying mind, it might sound like this. Is my judgment okay? Maybe I really shouldn't do this. What if something goes wrong? Maybe they're right after all. What if they think I'm a fool? So let's just take these sample thoughts and reframe them. So is my judgment okay? Go back and think of five times that your judgment was solid. If you're listening to this podcast, that's number one. (laughs) You can put that on your list as a freebie. Chances are, all joking aside, that you have decent judgment. So go find some evidence to support it because you just need to remind yourself. The next one is, maybe I really shouldn't be doing this. With this one, you can turn it into a choice because should or shouldn't is just fiction, right? There's no such thing. So the question is, what choice do I want to make here about doing this? What are the opportunities that arise if I do do it? What opportunities vanish if I do do it? What are the opportunities if I don't do it? And what opportunities vanish if I don't do it? That's a decision matrix that I will give to you in an upcoming episode. So what if something goes wrong? Okay, so you can reframe this with, what are all the things that could go right if I do this? And the next one is, maybe they're right about me. Maybe they know something about me that I don't know. Maybe they know something about the world that I don't know. Oh my God. So you can reframe this one to, they know what they know and they have their perspective. I know what I know and I have my perspective. And if I want to, I can find out if they have legitimate concerns that I'm not aware of, right? Put yourself in the power seat. And then the last one here, what if they think I'm a fool? (laughs) What if they think you're brilliant, right? And I love the irony of this one because when I was thinking about recording this episode like 20 minutes ago, I had this very thought running in my head. Like, what if I say something that's totally retarded? I actually went and found evidence. I was like, actually, no. People PM me on Facebook to tell me that they love this episode, right? So I employed this tool that I'm giving you right now. Okay, so that's all around reframing your thoughts. That's what it sounds like. The second tool is to get into a growth mindset. So by now, you've probably heard of Carol Dweck and her growth mindset stuff. If you haven't, go Google her TED Talk, Carol Dweck. D-W-E-C-K, I'll put it in the show notes. And she does a great TED Talk on researching her students who have a growth mindset and how much more they learn when they have a growth mindset. In particular, she talks about the power of the word yet and the difference between I don't know how to do this and I don't know how to do this yet, but I'm going to find out. Or I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I'm going to find out. And how inserting the word yet changes how you think about something. Some people call this the learner mindset. Call it what you want. It's the same thing. But the idea is that a growth mindset is open to learning new information. It's open to possibilities. It's curious about what could happen. It sounds like, what do I want right now for myself and for others? What can I learn here? What assumptions am I making? What are the facts? What am I responsible for? What am I not responsible for? What's possible? What choices do I have? What's best to do right now? All these kinds of questions open you up to creating and choosing the future that you want to design. Meanwhile, the closed mindset, which some people might call the judger mindset, 
ask questions like, (laughs) who can I blame for this? (laughs) Why did I screw this up again? What is the point? What is wrong with me? When am I ever going to get it right? What's wrong with them? And this is just your inner critic having a field day with you. Some of you talk about your inner critic like a gremlin. Sometimes you really get caught with your gremlin and you try and grapple with it and try and answer all those questions and find justifications. And there can definitely be learning in that because it can show you some of your blind spots, right? And it can reveal to you how you tend to think about things and it can help you understand why you have certain things set up in the way you do. At the same time, if you think of your gremlin as a pig, trying to grapple with your gremlin, trying to wrestle with a pig is like going into the mud pit. The pig howls with delight and all that happens is you get muddy. So if you find yourself wanting to understand some of the inner critic voices that are talking to you, do it with intention rather than letting it spin you out of control and getting sucked into the mud pit. So anytime that you notice that your thoughts are headed towards the mud pit, the very moment that you notice that you're getting swept up in your negative thoughts is the moment that you have a choice to switch lanes and get back over into open-minded questions and into a growth mindset. Strategy number three is simply noticing that your mind is about to take you for a ride and going, no, 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 I'm not getting on that horse. We're not going there right now. We're staying over here and thinking about what are the good things that I can create when I think about what's possible. Number four is noticing your comparison thoughts. This one comes up a lot. Anytime you compare yourself, your talent, your progress, your business, your brains, your look, your butt, your bank account, anytime you compare that to anybody else, it's just comparison thinking. The trap with comparison thinking is that you're either above somebody and looking down at them, or you put yourself beneath somebody and looking up at them. These are two sides of the same coin. Both are just ego. Telling yourself you're better than so-and-so because you have more so-and-so is just a story. Telling yourself you're not as good as so-and-so because you don't have as much so-and-so is also the same story. Sometimes we get caught with this one because the thing that we don't want to give up is believing that having more of this makes us a better person. And who wants to give up being a better person, right? That is super juicy candy. On the flip side, if you make yourself a lesser person, you've given your power away, it's not fair, you're a victim, then we get to make all kinds of excuses for why we're not getting what we want in our life. And that is also such juicy candy. Who doesn't want to place blame on their own circumstances, on outside forces, right? Except yuck. There's no real joy in having given away your power and given away your responsibility. You can never create the beautiful life that you want. You can never create the beautiful business that you want when you've given away your power to create it. So keep a close eye out for your comparison thinking, whether you do it on the making yourself bigger side or whether you do it on the making yourself smaller side. Okay, last one. Continued beratement for past mistakes. It's a given that in life, we're going to trip and fall, sometimes flat on our faces, sometimes fall so hard on our faces we need stitches, and sometimes we legitimately blow things up. This is part of life. It's one gigantic, ongoing learning process. And who would want a life where they didn't learn anything? Would you really want a life where you didn't make mistakes? Would you really want a life where you didn't stretch yourself and fall on your face and learn painful lessons that ask you to grow. This isn't you, right? You're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, you're out there doing it. 
because it's challenging, it's interesting, it's exciting, and it asks you to grow. And that comes with making mistakes. If you're holding on to past mistakes that you've made without forgiving yourself, without compassion for the person who didn't know better in that moment, you will carry a heavy burden. So let me tell you one of my favorite parables. So this is the parable of two monks walking along a mountain trail in the Himalaya, headed back to the monastery. You may or may not know that monks aren't supposed to touch women, which makes me not like this parable, but still. So they're walking along the mountain path, and there's an elder monk and a younger monk, and they come to a stream. And at the stream edge, there is an elderly woman, and she doesn't have the balance and dexterity to get across this little stream without going in the drink. So the elder monk scoops her up, puts her on his back, and all three go across the stream. They get to the other side, he sets her down, she says thank you, and the two monks keep on walking. Hours and miles go by, they finally arrive at the monastery, and the elder monk says to the young monk, you've been quiet for some time, what's troubling you? And the young monk says, back there at that stream, you picked up that elderly woman. We're not supposed to touch women. And the elder monk looks at the young monk and he says, yes, the only difference is that I set her down hours ago and you're still carrying her. So the question for you is, what mistakes did you make in the past? And I'm not suggesting that picking up an elderly woman is a mistake. (laughs) But what mistakes did you make in the past that you're still carrying and that you drag around and slow your progress moving forward? What compassion can you have for yourself? Will you let yourself see that you didn't know any better at the time? If you had known better, you would have done it differently. What mistakes of the past can you set down so that they no longer occupy your mind and spirit? And if you're running a business, I know you've made a bunch of mistakes because that's what happens. When you're creating something that hasn't existed before, you're making all kinds of decisions, some of which are going to roll in your favor and others of which are not. That is the nature of creating a business. So see what's back there. See what you've been schlepping around that you're like, you know what? It's okay. I didn't know any better. I screwed up. I learned my lesson and I won't make that mistake again. The sooner you can let it go, the sooner you'll be free. When I look out across my clients, the vast majority of whom are women, I see this undercurrent of self-doubt in a way that I don't see in the men that I coach. And it's marked. It's really striking. And I wanted to talk to you today from a place of knowing what that feels like because I too have my own. And what I want for you and what I want for myself and all of us women who are out here in the world is to work at undoing the messages that we've gotten from a lifetime of acculturation. And that looks like women calling out other women who they hear doing the self-doubt game. And it also looks like men who see women playing small and stuck in self-doubt, calling them out too. Of course, in a caring and not demanding or judgy way, right? Which brings me to my final story for the day. And then I'll wrap. And that is that (laughs) the other day, I was up at the ski hill and I was in the singles line and I was approaching the chair and I saw who I was about to get paired up with. And if eye rolls could make noise, this would have been the loudest possible eye roll. Thank God I had goggles over my face because I was about to get paired up with a snowboarder (laughs) who had bright orange pants on, a camo jacket, a thing over his face that was like too cool for school and totally unkempt, frizzy, flying beard and hair everywhere. And he was about 25. And in an instant, I sized this guy up and I was like, I'm going to have to go up with some bro bra kid who's going to tell me how amazing he is and how badass he is and how amazing the pow is today. (laughs) I'm so over it already. And I was like immediately scanning to see if there was a way that I could trick the situation into riding single. (laughs) I sized this guy up so fast. 
And I got on the chairlift with him because there was just no way that I was going to be able to make it happen to go alone. And I (laughs) bent down to unbuckle my boots. And with my most pathetic, impish (laughs) energy, I'm like, skiing is pretty good today, huh? And we launch into this conversation. (laughs) And it turns out this guy installs cell phone towers after natural disasters and in war-torn regions. And he was full of the most incredible stories. He was funny, he was interesting, and I didn't want the chairlift ride to end. So this story is meant for both my male and female listeners, because I know that there are some guys who listen, just to be on alert for the automatic, super quick ways that you might be sizing up women inadvertently, unbeknownst to you, just as a matter of habit, right? Not with malice, not with a real belief that women are somehow less than, but just from also a lifetime of acculturation. And for the women, in what ways does this play out for you too? In what ways do you make lightning fast assessments that are completely inaccurate? So I'm going to recap for those of you who are out walking, driving, or doing the dishes. If you notice that in your business, you're paralyzed, you're undercharging, you're scared of raising your rates, you're running around trying to do too much to try and prove that you're okay or that maybe it's enough. If you're stuck in indecision, if you notice that you don't trust yourself, if you know you've got a wicked game face, the tools for addressing your self-doubt are number one, reframing your thoughts. Number two, getting into a growth mindset. Number three is the very simple, no, 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 we're not going here. Number four is noticing your comparison thinking that either you're making people better than you or you're making yourself better than them and just decide to dispense with that whole game because you're exactly you. Nobody's better than you. Nobody is worse than you. And number five is remembering what you've learned from your past mistakes, forgiving yourself for them and letting them go. Ladies, I believe in you. I believe in your power. I believe in your talents. I believe in your heart. I believe that you're capable of creating truly amazing things. And my hope for you is that you continue to step out into the unknown, where it feels uncomfortable, where it feels a bit disarming, where the landscape is unfamiliar, because that's where the marrow of life is. If you want a list of these five tools, I've created a PDF that I put in the show notes. You can grab that at shethinksbigpodcast.com forward slash zero two one. Those are my thoughts for you today from cold and snowy Montana. Have a great week. If you want to find out more about the She Thinks Big podcast or hear previous episodes, head on over to my website, shethinksbigpodcast.com. And of course, I want to know what you're thinking big about. I hope you'll share in the She Thinks Big Facebook group. I love hearing from listeners because here in my studio, all I hear is crickets and my meowing cats. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. You can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please do leave me a raving five-star review. You can write to me at Geraldine at shethinksbigpodcast.com. And if you want to send a tweet, I'm at Geraldine Carter. You've been listening to She Thinks Big. See you next week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.